little handout. Uh, we entitled it The Fast Way to God, The Fasting Way. Uh, if you didn't, you can pick them up at our Connect Center out in the foyer. Um, we encourage you throughout these next 21 days, starting today, somebody said, oh, I didn't know about that. I ate breakfast. You're still good. Oh, you're way good. You're way good. Oh, but I had lunch plans. You're way good. You're way good. I, so I want to encourage you for the next 21 days in a season, this church is going to be fasting and believing God for this brand new year for many, many things. Um, you do as you feel led. If you feel led to fast a meal here or there throughout that period of time or fast a day here or there, uh, some people find something that they especially love. And under the Lord, they say for this 21 day, Lord, I'm just going to give that to you. Uh, you know, I, f I feel like the Lord loves sacrifice and he loves discipline. Uh, he really, really does. And he takes note of that. And uh, I've asked myself many years ago, God, wh why is it that to get, become more spirit-led, I got to not eat? I, I used to tease, could you say if the, the amount of hamburgers you eat, you would become more spiritual? I could do that. I could do that. If you eat dessert every day, you will grow in grace and power. I could do that. But, you know, one of the, one of the uh, reasons that our forefathers, Adam and Eve, fell had to do with food. There's something we are wired to eat. We need to eat. We need to take care of these bodies. But and there are times when the Lord leads us to set those aside willfully and commit ourselves unto the Lord. And I'll tell you what, in this handout, you take it home, read it. It's just a little dip of what the Word of God says, but it'll share the power of fasting and prayer. What can happen to an individual as you yield yourself to those things? All right, so let's get into our vision booklet. First of all, I'm just looking at the front cover, imparting the vision. And I want to put up a text, a passage from Habakkuk the prophet, and he's going to begin sharing, if you will, in Habakkuk, it's verses 1 through 3. This happens on your booklet is verse 2. We'll come back to that. It said, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet unto Shiganoth. That's pretty close, don't you think? Oh, Lord. I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of your years. I want to see a revival. And in the midst of the years, make known in, in wrath. Remember mercy. God came from Timnon and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Do I have verse 2 there? Verse 2, I believe, says, uh, no, I don't see that. I don't see that. On your booklet, I think you see it right in here. Write the vision. 2-2. Two, two. Well, you sure are right. That's the mistake, the first mistake this year, year from me. Thank you, ma'am, back there, my mistake. Lord, show mercy. 2 2, Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 2. So let me just jump out of that and go right here to the booklet. He said, Write the vision and make it plain. Upon tablets. Write the vision that he that reads it may run with it. And so, some many of you have heard that verse of scripture. Just to give you a quick background for a second, what is happening in the book of Habakkuk? I think it's three chapters in Habakkuk, something like that, three or four chapters. Habakkuk the prophet in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel is going through hard, hard times, challenges, bondage, enemy coming against them. 
And essentially, and I paraphrase, Habakkuk is asking God, chapter 1, a series of questions. Lord, why are all of these things happening? I don't get it. Why do you show me violence? Why do you show me pain? Why do you show me all of the things that I'm seeing? We can relate to that now. Lord, why do we see all these? You know why? Because God's called us to the, to the kingdom for such a time as this. As little as you feel in yourself, bigger is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And before you, you can have a compassion for this generation, you got to see the generation. And that's why you see what you see and know what you know. But now I'll take you into contemporary today. The Lord spoke into my heart and said, you know, put down, write the vision. What is Life Source Church and Ministry all about. What's it all about? So I want you to go with me as you open up your booklet here. Past the table of contents, you'll find a history of the of Life Source Church. It's a brief history. We're, we're, we weren't here trying to write a novel, but just give you a little snippet where we came from. That is where uh, this pastoral family came from, and it tells a little bit about the ministry, Life Source. Here at Perry Hall, we are a campus out of our home church, which is uh, the White Marsh Rosedale campus, pastors Mike and Becky McDermott. That tells you a little bit how that process happened, just superficial process there. All right, so let's go into the next page. What is our purpose? Now, I want you to approach this not from just, we're not just talking here to talk here. This is a spiritual vision that the Lord has placed in our hearts. If you're visiting here today, you will get something out of this, even though maybe you're visiting. But if God has led you, as best you can tell, into this ministry for this time and season, this will keep us moving forward, writing the vision, making it plain, so he that reads it can run with it. This is every new person that comes to the ministry and joins, we share this with them. What is our purpose? Imparting the life source vision. I will not read word for word, but some parts I will. There are three key parts to understanding the purpose of life source church. Number one, our vision. Number two, our mission. Number three, our goal. This is important because this is what keeps this ministry on track. Number one, so let's talk about our vision. It's four points there. The first and foremost point of this vision is to win the loss to Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? You have jobs. You have families. You, some of you are, live here. You live there. You have all the things that you have in life. You have responsibilities. You have victories. You have challenges. But through it all, when it comes to walking through the door of this ministry, our number one passion is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you sitting here today listening to me did somehow God through his grace and goodness win your soul for Jesus Christ? And it's changed your life, hasn't it? And I will guarantee you it's changed your life, but when you stand before Jesus, when that time comes, you will forever praise the Lord for the salvation of your soul because you'll really realize how awesome a gift God gave to you. So the scripture said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. I said, this is the very core of the heartbeat of God, to win the lost to Jesus Christ. I could preach on every single one of them. Lord, help me to stay focused here. So many times in this life, and I preached it this way a few weeks ago, if you've ever um, been into any one of our cities that have high rises, one time I was in New York City, and uh, man, that place is a busy town. And I remember driving down the road, and the buildings were all, I mean, I just, only thing I could just see is walls on either side of it. I had no idea where I was. But if God could have taken me up higher and let me see, I would have said, oh, that's it. I know exactly where I am. Sometimes we get lost in the woods, 
and we, with life and cares and situations, legitimate things, before you know it, churches can, they can get very inward, inward, because we get lost in the woods. Your vision is what takes you up higher. You say, oh, yes, let me keep my heart and mind on that. That's what I'm trying to do. School teachers, Mr. Rick, we talked the other week. I bet I'm just guessing here. School teachers, medical people. My brother's a doctor. I said, Bill, after all these years, he's been a doctor for 30, 40 years, whatever it is. I said, how do you maintain compassion when you see hurting people day after day after day after day after day? Listen to their problems, their aches and their pains day after day after day. Tell them good advice that they don't listen to. They don't listen to. He said, my biggest challenge is telling people what, how, how to get well, but they won't do it. How does the doctor maintain that compassion? you got to have a vision. you got to get up higher. You get lost in the woods, Rick. The school teachers, before you know it, you can, get, you can just spitting it out, spitting it out. But, but you got to remember, you got to remember, off, I'm doing this because I care. I care about young people. Can I have an amen? Children's ministry. I could flesh this thing out. What causes our children's ministry people to continue ministering to these little ones when they're not listening, when they're rambunctious, when they're fighting one another, when they're quabbling one with another? Don't get lost in the woods. We're raising up the next generation. Amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. The vision to win the lost must remember that. That's why we're here. Amen, church? That's why we're here. Number two, our vision is to make disciples of every believer. The Great Commission, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of every nation. That's what motivates our teaching ministry and those things that are yet to come. We're trying to make disciples. And uh, sometimes I think that churches... We, church community, we can get lost in, uh, you know, we do that Wednesday night. No, we do that Sunday morning. No, we do that Friday night. No, that we do. I said, whatever, whenever you do it, the main motivation is, are we making disciples? Let me ask you a question here. Now, don't just flatter. Don't just play games here. Since you've been coming to Life Source Church, has there anything been done, shared, imparted that you would say that I am growing spiritually? Would you say I'm growing spiritually by attending this church? Anybody? I know I rambled through that one, didn't I? Since you've been coming here, you've been growing spiritually. You've been learning. You've been growing. You've been increasing. That's making disciples. We're going to move along. Number three, what is our vision? To raise up strong spiritual leaders. The things that you've heard of me, Paul said, commit to faithful men. Bible also often uses the term men, but there, it, it is in a universal sense. It's men and women. So I want you to get that. Raise up faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. That's what we're trying to do. That's our goal. I, I'm, I need to move quicker because I know me. Number four. To care for and minister to all people. Do you recognize Luke chapter 10? And a certain Samaritan then came where he was, the man that was beaten up, laying for dead on the road. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and brought him into the inn, the hotel, and he took care of him. In this day and age in which we're living in, it, it can get easy if you're not aware to just see somebody hurting and just kind of walk by. Well, you can't solve everybody's problems, folks, can you? And you can't be there. Only God can in the greatest of needs. And when people have challenges and issues and financial needs that are in the day we live in, it used to be years ago somebody said, you know, uh, my, heat, my heat bill is, is, you know, they're getting ready to turn it off. How much do you need? I need 45 Not anymore. It's thousands. So churches can't be everything and meet all. Only Jesus can do that. But I do know one thing. I never want to quit recognizing those that are laying there beaten and left for dead. And that's what we're about, trying to do this care for and minister to all people. What is our mission? Look down here with me. To change the lives of everyone we meet by presenting to them the good news of Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit. This is a Spirit-filled church. 
and will forever be. Amen. Our goal, to influence the culture in which we live by teaching them the Word of God and helping them apply its truths and principles to their lives. That's discipleship. Question, elementary question. How many of you believe with all your heart that the Word of God will change people's lives? Absolutely. It's changing your life. So how many of you also believe that the church must always be full of the Holy Ghost? Amen. We talked somewhat about that last week at our forum, I believe. All right, let's go to the next page, what we believe. What we believe. There are 14 points of our declaration of faith here. I, I might not go through all of them, but let me at least start. First of all, it's important to know what you believe. It's crucial. It is not just a mental exercise. It makes the difference of your eternal soul where it will be in eternity. Amen. There are hundreds and thousands of voices out there, thousands of religions, and many of them have sincere hearts in what they're doing. It's important that we stick between Genesis and Revelation. Amen? It's important that you know what you believe. It's important that our youth leaders and our youth ministers teach our young men and women what to believe. When they sit out there in their classes, elementary, high schools, colleges, and they hear all, oh, God, don't, help me, don't let me preach right here right now. Help me get through the... When they sit out there and they watch television that is twisted and everybody has an opinion, and no offense, I don't mean this, why do we always turn to Hollywood for the opinions? They're actors. I'm not minimizing that. Why do we always ask the Hollywood movie stars, what do you think about this problem in Iran? Come on now. Who is the expert? The word of the living God. Lord, what are you got to say about this? Amen, somebody. Now that we're caught up in a generation of LGBTQ, let it forever be clear. That's just the beginning of the world of, that is coming this way. When the enemy starts coming in like a flood, no, we don't hate anybody, but we do know this. There is a standard. It's called holiness. There's a way to heaven. It's called righteousness. The only way to get there is by faith uh, in the blood of Jesus, and not just any uh, religion will do. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man will make eternal heaven without believing in me. That's how important it is. It's how important. We live in a generation that is motivated by their feelings. I'm offended. That hurts me. Okay, then I won't say that because it hurts your feelings. I said, we're not here to hurt anybody's feelings, but by virtue of hearing the truth of God when you're not living right, will convict your soul. But if you can get through the conviction, godly sorrow worketh repentance, and repentance will get your soul to heaven for eternity. Amen, somebody. What we believe, one, we believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. If you want to take notes, I won't give you all the verses of these because it'll take too long. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Here it is up on the screen. What does that mean? We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, means God breathed it. <sighs> and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. God believes in reproving us, correcting us. He's a good heavenly Father. All Scripture is given for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect or become mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Verbal inspiration literally means that when God gave the word of God that we're holding and looking at, he breathed out of his innermost being into the prophets and the apostles. They were the pen, but the word of God is the ink. And that word, you can count on your Bible. Come on, somebody. 
You can trust what it says on a bad day. God is true. And that came from God divinely. Verbal inspiration. Number two, we believe in one God eternally existing in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. There is a scripture that in 1 John 5 and 7 where he speaks about the Trinity. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. We don't believe there are three gods. There is one God eternally existing in three persons. Somebody said, I can't understand the Trinity. Don't make it so hard, please. Are you one person? What are you made up of? Body, soul, and spirit. You, you are a representation of the Trinity. It's just that God, because God has the ability, Father, Son on the right hand, Holy Ghost moving now. He could separate but yet be one. We believe that. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten of the Father, conceived of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, that Jesus was crucified, buried, raised from the dead, that he ascended to heaven and is today on the right hand of the Father as our intercessor. Let's move on now. We could read all of this, couldn't we? That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that repentance is commanded of God for all and necessary for the forgiveness of sins. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. My challenge is every, every comment is a sermon in itself. I do think, respectfully to this hour in which we're living, there, there may be many a misunderstanding that a person thinks, because I'm in the church building, therefore I'm going to heaven. <clears throat> I, I could even go this far to say, or, or, or a deacon thinks, because I'm on the deacon board, that means I'm going to heaven. Or a person thinks, because I gave in the offering today, I'm going to heaven. Thank you for giving in the offering, by the way. It does help. But the only thing that gets us to heaven, come on, what can wash away my sin? Repentance is necessary to save your soul. The first message Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The first message John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom... Why is that important for any generation in our generation? Because there are lots of people out there that are not being taught. Church ain't about feeling good. It's about repenting and getting right with God. And if you do that first, that will lead to the joy of the Lord. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Preachers, I say to us, we must preach repentance. I had a friend of mine said, Years ago, the, the most important, the mo now you talk about a vision that sounds good and feels good. The most important thing for us to do in our church is we want people to feel comfortable. Does that kind of sit, sit not well with you? Everything we do in our ministry, I'm not kidding. This was down Florida, Pentecostal preacher, nice man. But, but was off. When he said it out of his mouth, I didn't challenge him. We were in a group of ministers. I didn't want to be that guy. He said, everything we do in our ministry, everything is to make people feel comfortable. I said, there's something that just doesn't sit right there. I said in my mind, well, I'm not out to try to make people feel uncomfortable, but I know what caused me to say, Jesus, have mercy on my soul. It was not comfort. Somebody preached the truth of God. Can I have an amen right here, right now? It's true. And our generation, our politics are, are, are geared around what do the people want. It, it scares me every time anybody, whether they're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, say, we need to find out what the people want. Do you realize that I'm not sure what the people want is what the people need? 
There's some people, if you give them what they want, that'd probably be a good path. There are other people, what they want is not what this generation needs. What, what we want is good things, good feelings. But what we need is the truth of Almighty God because only the truth will make us free. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Come on. True. It's important. We could read on, we could read on. But let me, uh, let me go to ver- number eight, number eight. We believe in the baptism with the Holy Ghost subsequent or after a clean heart. Uh, let's, let's see now. Vicki, can you give me Acts chapter 5, verse 32? The apostle said, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. When you come to Jesus, well, let let me go on. I'll make this statement in a second. Number nine, number nine, we believe in speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance and that it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Vicki, give me Acts 2 and 4, please. And they were, now this was on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they do? They began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them the utterance or unctionized them to do it. Now, let's go to, I believe it is Acts uh, chapter 10. Now, this is when the Gentiles were baptized. Acts chapter 2, many of them were Jewish. So, so somebody said, well, God just wanted the, the Jews to speak in other tongues. No, hang on, read the whole book. Acts chapter 10, this is the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius, a Roman Gentile. And it said this, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Do we have that? It's coming. We'll come back to that. Okay. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46. We'll we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, so... In other words, when we say in our church that we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let us not continue to take these doctrinal things and just make them like, you remember what I said last week? I was talking to me, and I shared it in front of you. And I said, James said, don't be a hearer of the word only, but a what? Doer. If there's ever a sign that I've seen in the church, thank you, ladies, I'll get to that. If there's ever a sign that I've seen in the local church, let me see. I've been a local pastor 25, 30 years now, been saved more. There was a time that when people came into a church that was teaching, fully preaching the whole word of God and teaching the word of God, people came in. God dealt with their heart. They felt convicted. They were burdened. What can I do to to cast off my burdens? Come to Jesus Christ because he said, come unto me all that labor. And when they did that by faith, the next thing that happened, people began to share and the Holy Ghost began to start speaking. Now your next step, now your next step is open your heart and let me fill you with the Holy Ghost. That That was people just... I have noticed in minister reports, I have to fill out one every month. How many people got saved? How many people were baptized? How many people renewed their faith in the Lord, restored, and so forth? Uh, How many people were baptized in the Holy Ghost? We used to have weak revivals, two-week revivals. Remember that? I wonder what evangelists are doing these days because that's the time we live in. I remember getting saved, and, and the next thing, and I don't remember anyone saying, now you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, the evidence is speaking. In I just, I think the Holy Spirit just began to start teaching us. God uses us to teach others, make disciples, right? But the Holy Ghost is continuing to teach you, especially as you read your Bible. He'll start teaching you, showing you, and showing you. And then the next step was this. Do you want to have power over the devil? 
Do you want to have power rebuking power over the enemy? <clears throat> Do you want to have authority in the name of Jesus that when you pray your prayers, God Almighty hears in heaven and the Holy Ghost moves on the job? You want to have that kind of authority? Do you want to have power to resist temptation and the lusts of the flesh so you can say, Lord, this vessel belongs to you. I didn't yield. I didn't fall. I, I'm tired of falling and repenting. I want to live on the other side of repentance where I got enough victory that I don't have to fall, but I can stand strong in the Lord in the powers of might. What do you need? And I must respectfully say, and you will not hear it much out there. More and more. No baptism of the Spirit. No speaking in other tongues. Speaking in tongues. That's weird. That's crazy. Why do you do that stuff? You're silly. I beg to differ in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me those that believe these signs shall. Have we quit believing? We're still believers. He said you'll lay hands on the sick. They will recover. The will recover is what causes me every time to say, wow, look at that big growth. I don't get placed in my eyes. I'd rather shut my eyes and say in the name of Jesus, Lord, you said lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's where I'm standing. The gifts of the Holy Ghost. Gift, the power of God. I could go on and on. And while Peter yet spoke these words, he's preaching in a living room. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word of God. I pray those types of prayers. John, when we come in here, I pray, God, when we're worshiping you, Holy Ghost, just fall on us. That's some good old time right there. Lord, when we're praising you in song, will you just fall on the people in Jesus' name? When our young people are blessing you, Lord, just fall on them in power. I want to see them rejoice in the altar, weep and pray. I want to see young people full of the Holy Ghost. I want them to say rather good morning to praise the Lord in the Spirit. Hallelujah. I want to see moms and dads praying for their children, praying in other tongues as do I sound I'm a little bit excited here today? But it's more than excitement. 2020, I want to see revival come back. I want to see the move of God. We're living in a culture where everything is accepted. Come out of the closet any day you want to do it. Shout, take your shirt off, root and holler at the Ravens game. Well, I hope the Ravens win. But I could tell. And then all of a sudden, when people come to church, we preachers tell them, shh. No, you got to be reverent and quiet. Yeah, be reverent, but you ain't got to be quiet. Hallelujah. Did not your Bible say, oh, shout unto God with the voice of triumph? There's nothing uh, uh, effeminate or baby-like to do that. Uh, to be a real man of God is for your kids to know that you love Jesus and you're not ashamed of this glorious gospel. Come over here, kids, before we have dinner tonight. Let's ask God to bless it. Before you go to school, let me pray for you, son, daughter. God, keep your hand on them. Oh, hallelujah. And let's go ahead and start speaking in other tongues. They were teasing with the kids the other day. And Dana was helping, to, uh, was cruising on it. I don't know. I know the girls were. And she said, come here, girls. And she said, touch them, Jesus. And they went, Doosh. They were having a good time. I could hear, I could hear the Pharisee. Oh, no. that's introducing them. Children's ministry, I know you're up there now, but sometimes I like to see our kids watch the men of God just begin to run around the church because they love Jesus. I like to see some little babies watch mom and dad and grandmom and dad begin to praise and worship the Lord. Oh, God, let's not take the Pentecost out of the church. Move of the Spirit. Let's continue. For number 11, we believe in divine healing is provided for all in the atonement. You can read that in Isaiah 53, verse 5. I've got many scriptures. Let me have 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Well, like a true blue Pentecostal preacher, I'm just about done, and I'm only on page 1 or 2. But that's all right. That's why we put it in print. 
Now, this is what causes me. Should I tell them? Lately, I've been fighting my fight of faith for a physical problem. One night we had, we had prayer for back problems. I had experienced some of that. And there's a couple things there, and I don't want to get too lengthy or sound too old about it. I'm thinking my remedy is to bend over more often. That might help some. A little bit of exercise. But I could also tell you this. How many times in your life have you physically, your body has not been in a good shape, but because you knew that Bible? Oh, that's a dangerous book. Because you read that Bible where Peter said, who his own self, that's Jesus, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by his stripes, you were healed. I, I'm a word person, word by word by word. You not only are, you were healed. What's that all about? This is why we believe, I don't care if it's cancer, leukemia, eyesight, back problems, liver, even emotionally mind, stressing. We still believe that when we lay hands on sick folk and we invoke the mighty name of Jesus, you may not get healed today or in five minutes later. We don't, I'm not worried about that. All I know is I believe that God will supernaturally heal our bodies. If he could take care of three million people from their way to Egypt to the promised land. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They didn't have to go to the grocery store. God was their grocery store. And there was not one feeble one among them. Children, youth, adults, senior adults. If God loves you then, he loves you now. But we must preach that he is still Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He is still Jehovah Sid canoe. He is my righteousness when I don't feel righteous. He's still Jehovah, my healer, Rafa. Somebody give the Lord a praise. I care what people think. I tried to go, I don't care what people think. But I think I was fooling myself. I care what people think. I don't want to be called weird and a wacko and a goofball. I don't want people to, these days, man, you put it all out there on Facebook and, oh, that life, so they're a bunch of religious fanatics. Well, yes, maybe we are. We are fanatical. Could be we love Jesus just a step more than you do. No, that was, don't say stuff. Did I say that? That's naughty pastoral preaching right there. Strike that from the record. But I feel like this is the finest hour for the kingdom of God. Please don't ask me to give you a date. Pastor Ron, when do you think Jesus is coming? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible tells us don't set the date. No man knows the day or the hour. But many men and women know the signs of the times. And soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. I know what young people are thinking, Lord, I don't mind you coming, but can I get married first? And the newly married said, Lord, I don't mind you coming, but can I have a child or two? And grandparents have said, Lord, could you come soon? Or then later, I'm just kidding. I could tell you this right here. All life is not peaches and cream, but there are some sweet spots. And I'm not flattering you folks, but I am really honest to goodness, and I mean this, I'm having the time of my life. Doesn't mean we're not going through anything. My, my mother-in-law, mom, just ra ra raise your hand. She's been out in the hospital, but she's here today. Fat and thankful about that. 
She told me this morning, uh, Vicki, she said, I am so glad to be in church. It beats the rehab center any day of the week. She couldn't wait to get home Friday. Yeah, I never saw her move so fast in my life. She's like, watch out, here I'm coming. We're having the time of our life. Uh, so much that we didn't share. You can take the booklet. That's why we gave it to you. What we believe, we will not compromise. We will not water it down, and we will not beef it up. We will not add to it our opinions, and we won't take away from it because of your opinion. We will preach the truth because the truth is what sets people free. We don't overanalyze it. We just believe it. Because the Holy Ghost of God one day knocked on the door of our hearts. And he said, I want to make a house visit. If you'll let me in, your life will forever change. Did you let him in, church? Hallelujah. Somebody told me a long time ago, and I'll kind of wrap it up with this. Said, I really love, I love the church. But that's speaking in tongues. I don't like that. See, I don't know about I don't know about all that. Well, here's the way I start. I said, "Do you believe the Bible is the word of God?" "Oh, yes, absolutely do. Yes, I do." "What is in it is the word of God." Doesn't mean everybody's perfect, but it was inspired. "Yes, I do." I said, "Well, either one or two things has happened to you." Either in your upbringing, you were taught against the manifestation of the move of the Spirit. Now you have to re rethink, re be retaught, be renewed in your mind. Not what he, she, they said, but what does the Bible say? If I preach anything that is contrary to the Bible, do not come to this church. And I mean that. But if the Bible says it, then you begin, push everything else aside and say, Lord, help me to flow with you. Because it's that Bible that's the final authority. So either, either you were taught incorrectly and you need to be retaught through the pages of the word. Either that or you want God to be your special God and do it your way. And that's not a good idea then get into the Word of God. I believe through the Scripture, if you want to make heaven your home, not only that, if you want to live the best life you can, come to Jesus Christ. Give your life to Him. Number two, then ask Him, Lord, I'm ready to be filled with your Spirit. Now you have the Spirit of God when you're saved. That's your well. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost becomes the rivers that begin to flow through you. Paul said to 12 elders in the book of Acts chapter 19, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I know you're believers. They said, we haven't even heard about a Holy Ghost. I think, that, I think they wrote that in 2020. The Bible then said he laid his hands on them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. What is the deal about tongues? Because you are praying in a language that is so clear and specific that the devil doesn't even know what you're praying, and you don't even in your intellect know what you're praying, but you're praying the perfect will and mind of God. How would you like to come to God every day and have the ability to pray exactly what God wants you to pray? When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray in a supernatural revelation language. That God says, that's what, because God answers prayer, and he moves by prayer. Will you stand with me, church? Bless the name of the Lord.
the other day. And, and actually, I'm going to ask you, I felt to have a closing first prayer, if you will, of the new year together prayer as a family for all of us to come down and have that prayer in just a second. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to be out here at 7 o'clock, first Monday of the month, praying for the for the move of God, for the church, for the families, for individuals in our, uh, in our communities as well. I want to encourage you to be a part of that if you can. I heard on the news the other day, they're, they're, I think it's down in Baltimore City. It might even be in the county, but mostly Baltimore City. They're trying to come up with a plan to, to lessen crime. And uh, I think all of the politicians are trying to come up with, you know what, first of all, I don't criticize that. I'm like, thank God somebody's trying to come up with a plan. I appreciate it. We get so hung up sometimes. Now, I vote too. But may I respectfully say, to me, it's not about Republican or Democrat or Libertarian. It's about who is trying to fulfill this the best can what the Word of God teaches. When you vote, vote for the person that best, that best vocalizes what the Bible has to teach. You're not going to find a perfect candidate. But politicians are lost in the woods, brother. And I'm like, I guess it's time for the church to stand up. So they were trying to come up with a plan. How can we stop all the killing and, this, and, and all of the stuff that we know? I don't have all the answers, but I do know this. If I can rise up and get full of the Holy Ghost, and I can teach my children and my children's children about the power of the Holy Ghost, if I can live an exemplary life in front of them, I'm not perfect, but if I can strive for the best, then that will take that generation and help them. If we can pray for school teachers that are out there in the, in the realm of the school and government leaders, we know some that are out there, God raise up godly men and women. The answer for our generation is not one more dollar. Our answer is one more move of the Spirit of God. If the church can get full, hallelujah. Step on out and come up here and meet me if you can, would you? I tease you sometime about, you know, the, this football team that they, they dress in black and purple, don't they? What time, when do they play today? Oh, God, they don't play today, praise the Lord, so we can come up to them. Hallelujah. What time's lunchtime? Oh, it's 12 noon. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to get my wife up here because I, I feel I want to have a significant prayer, meaning we don't just pray. We pray. We believe. Thank you, folks, as you come down, down here. I'm going to ask her to, just as a co-pastor team here, to lift up her voice in prayer. If you're there standing beside a spouse, you can grab their hand or a friend, grab their hand, or, or uh, you have friends all over the building, uh, maybe you don't have to grab hands, whatever you want to do, but will you today make this first Sunday of 2020 a significant time that you do whatever you need to do before God Almighty to get right up to date? I want to be that close to God in time. Amen. Father, God, this first Sunday of the new year, Lord, we pray. We come before you, God, not as perfect people, but Lord, we see the problems in our lives, in our society, and God, today we commit ourselves to you, Lord. God, that we would be able to make a difference in our families. God, and as our families are changed, Lord, our communities would be changed. We just see the different things that are going on. God, all the killing 
things that are happening, Lord, and we are frustrated on one hand, and yet we know what needs to be done. We know that the church needs to rise up and to be the leader of the communities that you have destined us to be. So, Lord, today, I pray, oh God, let us be committed, Lord, that uh, even during this time of fasting, you would speak to our hearts. Lord, what is it that you would have us to do? What is it, Lord, that I maybe mistakes I'm making that I need to make a change in my own life that others can see and they can learn from it, God? Lord, so today, God, in your mercy, Lord, help us, God, as individuals and then as a unified body, Lord, to stand as that lighthouse on a hill that when the others are looking around in the darkness, they would only see but one light, and that would be Jesus Christ, for you are the only one that can make a difference, oh God. I'm thankful for people who want to uh, talk and try to make changes, but God, we know that the change must come from the heart, oh God. Lord, and so we pray, oh God, raise us up as a community of believers, oh Lord, to go forth, God, in prayer, in fasting, and in telling who it is that's going to make a difference for this generation, oh God. Lord, we will praise you and thank you and give you glory for all that you do, Lord. We thank you for it. Father, breathe on every household, Lord, every family, every single adult, every senior adult, Lord, every baby and child. Lord, we pray that this year that we enter into would be a significant year. Lord, for the homes and the people that are standing in front of us right now, we also pray that this will be a significant year in the kingdom of God. The fact is, Lord, according to your word, there is coming a time that the trumpet of the Lord is going to sound. And our time shall be no more as we know it, but we will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. As sure as Noah built the ark, Jesus is coming back too. Lord, and we believe that it's a season of reaping. Lord, let this be a season of outpouring, a season of overflow. We take authority over every power of darkness that would try to come against any one of the people that's standing here today. In the name of Jesus, we command the enemy, loose your grip in Jesus' name because we go forward, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, let this be a season of impact, illumination, and overflow for this local church, yes, but every single one of your people that you've called by name. Lord, as we go out, may we be used of you as vessels of honor for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.